You're listening to Splash with Shalene Bryan. Get ready to be splashed with love and laughter to rehydrate your soul. episode of Splash. I'm Shaleen Bryan, joined with Barbara Cameron. And we are fired up and ready to splash you with some love and laughter to rehydrate your soul today. But today's guests, just lean in, will seriously give all of us a gut check and a wake-up call about some real inspiration, how to endure, and how to choose joy every single day minute. Oh, uh, you, uh, you have to do the introduction okay. because I, I love, love Kelly, to. but yes, yeah, she's your girl. So <laughs> she's my girl. She could be my daughter. I mean, yes. she is my yes. East coast daughter. Yeah. Okay. No. You're her, you're her West coast mama. Uh, I'm Midwest. West coast. <laughs> oh, Midwest daughter. That's right, Kelly. <laughs> oh, okay. Kelly, um, listeners, I am so excited for you to share in this um, podcast today with our guest, Kelly Asbell. I have known Kelly um, for over 30 years, Woo! over 30 yeah. years, and she is just an amazing, amazing woman Yes, who has, um, she has just beat all the obstacles that life could throw at her. Yeah, let them know what she, okay. what, what's happened to so, her. Well, I will. Now, first of all, uh, I'm just so excited, I just can't stand it. Okay. She is a wife, a mom to twins, a friend, a caretaker, and a blessing to everyone that she meets. I call her the queen of random acts of kindness. Yes, I would too. Because she has Let's done crown that right now. Man, oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, she is a humble ambassador of Jesus and has a huge heart for service. Um, she just gives and gives and gives. I mean, she volunteers and puts on, get this, proms for convalescence hospitals for the the, the residents in convalescent hospitals is that so sweet <laughs> old people she's all get decked out prom yeah, dresses no did. i saw it on her I facebook know. it was so unbelievable she's share some of that and but um, kelly this is the thing that's so crazy about what everything barbara's saying she has endured 40 years of cystic fibrosis that's right that left her struggling to simply draw a breath and yet she always chooses to respond with joy. And this isn't fake, people. Mm. Like lean in, okay? 40 years. Girlfriend wasn't even supposed to make it to 20, That's right. right? That's right. And so when Barbara's sharing about her husband and her twins and that Kelly turned 40 years old, it's like, what the snap? And I know why God keeps her here. Okay. And this story of what just happened to her is going to blow your mind. Right. Blow your mind. Yeah. And, and sister... Fibrosis doesn't yeah. define her. No, but what is that? Because some people don't know. Like I until know. I met Kelly through you when she was visiting your house. Remember that, Kel? In West Hills? I do. You were staying in the room to the left. <laughs> and I didn't know what I... you were going in there for, but all of a sudden I would hear these coughing, and then you come out with this this cover girl smile. You're just gorgeous. She <laughs> come out with this smile, and I'm like, what was she? Was she choking on the toothpaste? I mean, look at her Colgate smile. And, and Barbara says she has CF. Well, I didn't know what CF was. Was that a bad word? But you just act like you know, because I'm 20. And I'm like, oh, okay, CF. And I didn't realize, like, you were putting a vest on. What what you had to endure. Mm -hmm. um, and so pick back up, buddy. So you you met her when she was yes, in yes, through a so, Make-A-Wish thing? Yes, or what was well, it? Well, yeah. And, and Kelly, you can, you know, jump in too. But I met you when you were about 10 years old. I know that you have a really neat story about... Yeah, um you know, your wish, you were a wish child and they had yes. come to you and basically asked you, you know, if you could have a wish, what would it be? And tell our listeners what yes. that what was, was that all wish? about. What was oh. your first wish? Because it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't growing pains and it wasn't. I'm coke. sorry. It wasn't growing pains. 
So I got diagnosed at 10 years old. And unlike most people who are diagnosed with cystic fibrosis, I knew what life was like before my diagnosis. So I had Mm. a very, I had a very um, intimate experience with knowing the Lord at a young age. But um, they came out because I was diagnosed at 10 years old, like I said, and asked me if I could have any wish, what would it be? And immediately I said, I want to walk where Jesus walked. And at that time, the Holy Land was at war. So they couldn't send a child to the Holy Land. It just wouldn't be good PR for their make-a-wish, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) So so then they said, well, we can't do that. What's your second wish? And I said, I want to to buy a house for my mom. I want her to have a place where she can garden and grow flowers. And that was a little bit too expensive of a wish. (laughs) This is great. then they said, what's your third wish? And I had no third wish. And I remember my Get sister this. had these pinup pictures of Kirk Cameron all over her wall. Oh, stop. And I, I said, know. I guess I want to meet Kirk Cameron and be on his show because I had no other wishes I had left. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, we can do that. We can make that happen. So I was at the age, I was only 10 years old. Kirk Cameron and me wasn't like a heartthrob. He right. was like granddad to me, you know? So it wasn't <laughs> A granddad. <laughs> oh, he's going to love that one. A year old heart drop. He was like a senior citizen in my life. <laughs> right. So we oh. flew out, and of course, I met the wonderful Barbara Cameron and the family. And yes. as it happens, that wish just it never stopped growing. And wow. it's been a 30-year friendship. And I would still choose that wish now as a 40-year-old. <laughs> but Kelly, don't, do you remember? I mean, what happened on that set that day? Uh, why don't you refresh my memory? Okay, because it was a Halloween episode, was it not? Yes, it was. And they asked if you would like to be on the show. <gasps> yes. You, you, wait, you were on an episode? Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, she was, they, they dressed her up as a nurse. Oh, um, yeah. And she was on the show. On that, that is episode. amazing. Yeah. Hey, Cal, yes. not everyone knows yeah. exactly what cystic fibrosis is. Can you explain yes. what it does to your body and how it affects your <sighs> daily life? Cystic fibrosis is a disease that affects every single organ of your life, of your body. Unlike any other disease, the body produces too much mucus. So basically what you're able to sneeze out like a virus or bacteria, or you can cough it out. What happens with cystic fibrosis is the mucus is so thick and sticky. It basically traps the bacteria or or and the virus, and basically makes you prone to infections so that those infections become multi-resistant and you're not able to fight. And so you slowly lose lung capacity throughout your life. It affects your pancreas. It affects your kidneys. It affects every organ, basically making you susceptible to many bacteria. And it's very hard to fight off those bacteria, which makes you become sicker. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. As a result, mm -hmm. oh, sorry. As a result, I I had to do hours of therapy every day. I I had to do nebulizer treatments around the clock, um, over 70 pills a day. Seven zero? 70? Seven zero, yes. Oh, my I had pills to digest my food, pills to basically control my sugars, pills to make me poop, and pills to make me pee. I mean, every organ of my body had to be counteracted with a pill. And I had pills to counteract the action, so from the pills themselves. So basically, I was in a world, unlike a lot of people, in which my medical regimen was basically my life, my full-time job. 
hours of therapy, hours of medications, and there was no cure in sight. What's crazy is a lot of people with completely healthy lungs cringe at even strapping on some tennis shoes, and yet That's you're right. running miles, yes. strapping <laughs> on an oxygen tank yes. every day. And I'm going, I'm going, what, what, do I need cystic yeah. fibrosis? Because she looks fit, she looks healthy. <laughs> How many but, times did she make me feel so guilty? I know. I'm yeah. like, oh, Lee, get up off the couch. You're good. Yeah. You can walk around the block. I mean, even even if she had tubes in her chest. Yes. No, I couldn't believe she the oxygen tank. She's the running treadmill right. every oh, yeah. single day. How do you work she up the energy to do that? I, well, I started running fifteen when I was fifteen years old. So twenty. It was. It'll be twenty six years basically. I've been running every day. And what happened was, <sighs> is my doctor said you have to keep coughing and getting up that the junk that's in your lungs, the thick mucus, and you have to find an activity that you can do other than just your vest to ther- to do therapy. And so what I did was I decided to, to run the length of one mailbox. So I strapped on my shoes one day and ran one length of a mailbox. So the next day I had the next goal of running the length of two mailboxes. And Stop. I ran two mailboxes. And so it began. And I was able to run six days a week, two miles a day at a 5.6 speed um, with a lung capacity as low as 38%. Yeah, get that. People, listeners. <laughs> and double pneumonia. Put down the remote yes. control. And we're going to do some mailbox And she still running. had goals of doing, you know, like yes. 5K runs. Yes. She, she, this woman is a, word, a woman of her word. When she said she was going to compete in any kind of an activity, she was there. No matter I, what I, condition yeah. she was in. Right? Yeah. And, you know, some people thought it was crazy that I was in the ER the night before and running um, a 5K the next day with double pneumonia. In fact, there was one 5K where a nurse from the ER was so worried about me, she entered the race and had a wheelchair next to me in case I couldn't finish. Ah! <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. I mean, we're just getting splashed today, people. Yeah. Let me just tell oh you. I'm, I'm, no, I'm literally, I, I had a sore throat the other day and I called Coach Henry and I'm like, can't come boxing. Really, uh, Shalene? Suck it up, Buttercup. That's right. I'm just going to call Kelly and she's going to go, hold on, Shalene. Let's run some mailboxes. That's right. No, you just completely encouraged me. What a joke I am. Are you kidding me? I have a sore throat and I have to do a podcast tomorrow, so I better not go boxing. So, Kelly. Everybody has uh, their own thing. No, no, Kelly. That's just ridiculous. That's just. So, Kelly, you're a mom. God yes. blessed you with uh, twins, a boy and a girl. Mm. What yes, are their names, Kelly? What are their names? Their I've, names are Cameron and Alexis, and they're ten years Cameron. old. Mm-hmm. Come on, mm-hmm. and they're ten. When I was pregnant, when I got pregnant with them, my doctors there was only five people at the time with CF to ever have twins, and two of them died within wow. the first year of having their kids. Two of them didn't make it through labor, and one of them died because of a lung transplant malfunction, and they told me to abort both of them. And they showed me on the ultrasound the picture of my, my babies, and they said, which one do you want to abort? And it's just like, how can you show me these live babies inside of me and basically say, which one do you want to Come abort on. for my life? So starting from that day forward, I started journaling to my children, not knowing if I would be there to enjoy their childhood, but I knew I was going to give them life. If the only thing that I did was give them life, then I knew in the end my goal in life had been reached. I left a legacy. I knew my husband was very capable of handling fatherhood and motherhood, and I had the confidence in the doctors to know that these babies had a purpose. Mm. So 
Every day of my pregnancy, I journaled them. I talked about my first love. I, I taped videos of me putting on makeup to show my daughter when she turns 16. Hopefully, she'll be 16 when she wears makeup for the first time. <sighs> and just little things like, and then I started buying all their birthday gifts. And so they have a birthday gift from now to the age of 21. And I bought them their wedding gift and their first gift as parents. In preparation, I wouldn't be there. So the day that we delivered the kids, Scott was told to expect to bring home two babies, but not a wife. And so I remember in that delivery room, I said, Lord, just let me hear their first cries. Then, I, then I'll go home to you, and I know that they'll be okay. Just let me hear those first cries. And surely I got to hear their first cries. And then it was, Lord, can you please just let me live long enough for me to hear them say mama? And then that came. And then their first two, and then their first day of school. And then I said, Lord, just let them remember me. And guess what? I lived long enough for them to remember me. They're 10 years old today. I know. It's just like. It is by the grace of Jesus Christ. And I am just so lucky. Yes, you are. And you are a faithful follower, and you are an amazing mom, and your husband is amazing. I mean, oh my gosh, Scott! Oh my, Scott is. Oh, he's a saint. Yeah, he is. He is. <laughs> and your mom and his mom, um, yes. grandparents. I mean, they that whole family is just an amazing <laughs> testimony. And they're more than grandparents; they're yes. like an extended version of parents. That's, That's what right. I call them: extended mm. parents. So, Kelly. <clears throat> 40 years yes. old, you went to Disneyland for your 40th Disney World. Oh, Disney World, sorry. World. Come on, yes. Barbara. Yeah. Well, I'm here in California, you know. <laughs> I can't think of Florida. Um, <laughs> so anyway, it's your birthday, your 40th birthday, wow. and you wanted to go to Disney World, and you did, and you came back, and what happened? Yes. Well, just go back 24 hours before that. Um, I have an annual tradition starting on my 20th birthday. I had... On right, the 20th that's birthday, right. Yes. Yes. On my 20th birthday, I had a crisis, like a midlife crisis at 20. And because I would look at the expiration date on the milk and I'm like, I'm still here. I have to have a purpose. What is my purpose? I'm going to be 20 years old. And oh my goodness, they tell me I'm not going to live to be 20. So I cried on the bathroom floor yeah. all of my 20th birthday. I didn't know what I was going to do. Lord, how can I turn my birthday? Because I always used to think of my birthday as a day of regret. Like, right. oh my gosh, I'm getting older with this disease. And so mm. I, the Lord answered very clearly in my head, go out and do 21 acts of kindness on your 21st birthday. Don't let another birthday end like this. So on my 21st birthday, I only had $21 because I was a college student still. And I went out and I started putting quarters in gumball machines. And I stuck popcorn, like microwave popcorn, on, on little red box machines. Oh. And I went and left coupons on, coup on things in the grocery store, just trying to bless people as much as I could up to 21. And then at the end of that 21st birthday, I realized I had the best day of my life mm. because it was no longer focusing on, oh my goodness, I'm still alive. When is this disease going to take me? It started turning into how can I bless others through my disease, through my journey? Mm -hmm. And I did that every single year. And on my 40th birthday, mm -hmm. I did 40 random acts of kindness. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. 
Some of those on my 40th was I went to Dairy Queen and prepaid for people's birthday cakes on their birthday that day. And, you know, we did, you know, we hid stuff around playgrounds for kids like shovels. And I got Facebook involved and the 40 random acts of kindness turned into over 100 random acts of kindness because everybody across the United States was partaking and blessing me that day. And, and, you know, we played with dogs at the shelters and we left dog food Mm. at the shelters. And I mean, we had a whole plan. And then the next day. My 40th birthday to my plus one, mm-hmm. I thought I was coming down with what we would call an exasperation with cystic fibrosis. I felt a lung infection coming on, not knowing that that was the last time I would ever be home with the lungs that I had. Um, I got really sick and was transferred to one hospital where I spent 35 days fighting And then they started putting me on oxygen, and that was new. I'm like, this is not me. I'm a runner. I just ran two miles two days ago, and Mm. this is just not me. And then they ended up having to transport me to Loyola Hospital. And where was that? They looked at me. That's a hospital that does transplants in Chicago. Okay, Chicago. And they looked at me, and they said, you're at 19% lung capacity. You went from 53% lung capacity to 19% within a week. The day after your 40th birthday. So you did Disney World with your husband and your your twins that are 10. No, I went to Disney World with my husband and some friends. Okay. And then, then, so then you didn't get to go home to see the twins. You went then from there to the hospital. Yes. Okay. So you're in Chicago and you have 19% lung capacity. 19% lung capacity. And basically... They said to me, you need a lung transplant. And I said, what are you talking about? No, I don't. I run two miles every day. Watch me. And my heart rate sitting down in that bed was over 150 heartbeats a minute. Just sitting, my heart was working overtime to compensate for my lungs. And I got up to 15 liters of oxygen. And they had to run tests all that week to see if I was even a candidate. And they said, because I was such a runner all this time, never missed a treatment, was the most compliant patient I had the highest score on the lung transplant list because I was the sickest. And my LAS score, that's the score that tells you where you are at in the lung transplant regime, was basically 78. The closer you go to 100 is basically the closer to death that you are. And so we waited and we waited and we waited. And it was the night, February, I'm sorry, May 17th at 8.16 p.m., I had just said goodnight on the phone to my mom, not knowing if I would talk to her the next day because my breathing was so labored. And I said, I picked up the phone and they said, Kelly, this is the procurement nurse. Are you, want, are you ready to get some lungs? They're not high risk. They're very young lungs, but they're very healthy lungs. And then the next day I got the gift of life. And I was able to get off my deathbed. And I was able to relive and, and to re-experience what this beautiful thing called life. And I got that gift. And I was only on the respirator for like 12 hours. And they took out that respirator. And it was like the most abnormal thing I've ever felt in my life. <laughs> it was it was almost like, you know, Scott was there to film it. He got up really early and he was there all night and he came back and it was like five o'clock in the morning and they took the, the respirator out and they're like, how does that first breath feel? And I said, it just doesn't feel right. It didn't feel like me at all. It didn't, it felt like I wasn't doing this thing called breathing right. And 
ever since then, it has been the most incredible experience of my life. You posted on Facebook every day. Barbara read every single day. I <laughs> I would be wrecked. It, it, those of you listening, go to Kelly's Facebook page. Yes. And you, she posted every day since mm-hmm. the transplant, just mm-hmm. sharing her fears and the successes and praising, praising God for just what a miracle because someone's life gave you your lungs. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and how you about, write about that? You're just an amazing writer. I mean, you got to have a book. You got to do a writer. movie. I, I mean, I'm like just listening to this going, what the heck? And this is a very <laughs> personal journey in that on day 75, you wrote about going to the kickoff event for 500 turkeys. Can you share that? Yeah, I'm very involved in my community. And one thing that we do every year is we feed over 1,200 families Thanksgiving dinner. We basically give them a whole Thanksgiving dinner, the turkey and all the trimmings. And I remember going there and feeling like I have to wear a mask everywhere I go. And they all surprised me and put on the T-shirt, Lungs of Love for Kelly. And Lungs of Love. Yeah, that's her Facebook. And, but... um. I wanted to journal this and I wanted this to be a journey so that people could see it's not this happily ever Hallmark movie. In fact, I may end up losing my battle. Today's 121 days I've been given the gift of life. Mm. But I wanted Scott to even tape me while I wasn't like when I was in surgery, his thoughts, his feelings. I wanted to take Facebook through the journey of what a family goes through Mm. because it's not just my journey. Scott Mm -hmm. went through his own journey. My mom went through their own journey. My children went through their own journey with this. And I wanted to show them what the face of transplant looked like. It's like you, I love how you wrote something on that day. You said, it's great to be alive. I've often been told you never have, you never have truly lived until you're able to do something for someone else who can never pay you back. Exactly. I'm giving you this opportunity today by purchasing a turkey's hand. And and, and a man approached you. Do you remember this? Will you share what he said to you? A man approached you at that event. And he told me that that night he was going to commit suicide. And he heard how excited I was about life and how much joy he saw inside of me. I'm sorry, I'm going to lose it. I wasn't going to talk about this. That's okay. And he said, when I saw what you were doing with your gift and what someone gave you, he says, it made me want to live. He said, I had it all planned out. I was going to volunteer here tonight, but I volunteer here today, but tonight I was going to go home and leave that letter. And I was going to end my own life because I've been living in depression my whole life. But after hearing you up on that stage and how excited you were about life, it makes me want to live. It's crazy to think that that man's life was saved because your donor decided for their yeah. last gift to let you live. And you decided not to be silent about it. Mm-hmm. You decided to show the good, the bad, the ugly. And I love what you write at the end of every post. And for this, I choose joy. And there are people yeah. listening right now that think you just lost your job or your your spouse or, your, or you, you're thinking about, you know what? I'm done. God's not done with you. 
No. Kelly, you are such a living vessel for Jesus <laughs> mm-hmm. saying, until he pulls the plug, we're not done, people. We have a race that we need to be running, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author yeah. and perfecter of our faith. And because of your boldness... And see, joy is a choice because you have every right to not be joyful and someone better not even give you crap about it. Okay. When I look at the things you've endured and what you've gone through (laughs) for you to go, I'm having a bad day. And yet every time I've spoken to you, every time I've been in a room with you, every time I've been around with you, you choose joy. It is so contagious. And that kind of joy (laughs) splashed onto this man's life. And he thought it was over and God goes, oh, no, no, no. I'm going to introduce you to my daughter, Kelly. So just back up. (laughs) Hold on. And how this family, no, because of you and this lung transplant really happening, it really happening. I remember you saying you were looking out the hospital window because you would hear the helicopters. Yes. And you knew there were other people on your floor. And I'd start praying. And you'd start praying for them like, well, Lord, bless them then if this isn't for me. And yet the hope that it's like, are those my lungs? And like to hear the hell, I can't even hear a helicopter now and not think of you. But I never did my donor card because I was dumb. I, I, I just, I was so ignorant, truly. And someone told me when I turned 16, I think it was my mom. She's like, don't, don't mark that. Don't mark that thing. And so I was like, what's this mean? You know, when you go in to get your first driver's license, parents, people, we all need to go right now to the DMV mm-hmm. or online and check the donor card because yes. this is real. I mean, if your expiration date's over, please, please multiply it into the life of someone. Listen, I I mean, I couldn't get to my box fast enough, Kelly. So just so you know, my lungs, my heart, my kidney, my arm, whatever you need when I'm dead, it's yours. Okay. So I, I just, that type of gratitude and generosity, it just, it's so contagious. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you've just started this movement Mm -hmm. and I'm so, I mean, she couldn't physically be in the splash zone with us today in LA. We wanted to fly her here, but you have to go a year, right? Without, cause you don't want to get six months, six months. So to our (laughs) listeners, we will bring Kelly for season three. She will, as soon as the doctor gives her the two thumbs up, we want to fly her out here, both Barbara and I, and have her in studio. And we would love to invite a guest who is listening to this episode that goes onto our Facebook page and says that they became a donor. And if you've become a donor, one of you, we will bring you here too, to be in the splash zone when Kelly comes back next season, because this stuff is just multiplies and it is just, God must just be Mm. smiling on his children when he hears your story. Kelly, I want, um, I'd love for you to share about Kaleidico. Yes. And um, about the whole situation with Kaleidico and with your grandfather, that whole little story. I'd love for the listeners to hear this. Yes. So I have been on a search for a cure for CF since I got diagnosed with CF. And people have always said, you got to try this. You got to try this. Don't eat too much ketchup. You know, all this stuff. Barbecue sauce. You're just not <laughs> praying hard enough. And I've been on a search and I found that Vertex is a manufacturer that was doing something unlike any other person on any other pharmaceutical company in the world. What they were doing is they were doing basically studies on the cystic fibrosis transmitter regulator, the CFTR. And basically what this does, unlike any other drug in the market, it opens up the cell not just treats the infection or treats the, the symptoms of CF, this Kaleidico pharmaceutical drug actually turns on the cell. 
And um, what it does is it fixes for those with really rare with certain mutations that cause CF. There's thousands of mutations that cause CF, but in specific mutations, it's basically their cure. And so I found that one of my rare mutations had a lot of similarities to what this drug was acting upon and people were getting great results on. So I called every clinic from New York to California, trying to find <laughs> someone to believe in me to give me this opportunity to be in a drug trial. And everybody said no, but one. And that was a place in San Francisco. And they were doing their own study. And it wasn't regulated by the pharmaceutical company. It was basically a patient's family had such success that they funded, they must have been a wealthy family, they funded enough for 20 people to get the drug for two weeks wow. to show and to prove that it worked. And so I was so excited and I was, I had so much hope for it. And it, it was, it was my link to the world. I, for, I was, for those two weeks that I was on the drug, the actual drug, I started feeling like water in my mouth. And I called my doctor. I said, wow. something is definitely wrong. I said, I've got the drug. I know it's the drug. I feel water in my mouth. Why do I feel water in my mouth? And he said, oh, sweetheart, that's not water. That's what we call saliva. And I had never felt such water in my mouth. And I was so tickled. And I was like, oh, my goodness, does everybody feel like this? And, and so, and then I call him back. I'm like, okay, now I'm sniffing and I'm actually smelling stuff because my, I could never smell before because everything was blocked with mucus. And he's like, sweetheart, that's what we call flowers. So I was going around San Francisco, like smelling everything. <laughs> from flowers, but it, sewer. I mean, like, it was like, totally cool. But what and, was so amazing. Minute, her, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Keep going. Cause I want you to share about your, the you know, the, uh, the insurance part of it too. Oh yes. And so the only sad part about this drug is it costs $300,000 a year to take the drug. So pharmaceutical companies aren't on board to like spend this much money on a drug. Right. And so they denied me and they denied me and they denied me. And I kept trying to send proof that it worked. And, and finally I grandfathered into a program here in Indiana when I was a little girl and this old lady Gertrude came and she gave Seriously, me that's her name? Gertrude, yes. Of course it is. Yeah. And yeah, she was a little lady. And basically, she was the one that got me grandfathered into this program in 1988 when I was a child, when I was first diagnosed with CF. Well, I was on Kaleidico, and beknownst to me, God kept waking me up in the middle of the night and saying, you're going to do a prom for these people in this nursing home. And I'm like, you got to be crazy. I'm not, I send my kids to school every day, and yet you keep sending me back to this nursing home. So I walk into this nursing home, finally listening to God, and I said, okay, Lord, whatever you have for me, I'm going to go in there and tell them I'm supposed to put on a prom for them. Who is in this little nursing home but Gertrude? Stop. She's sitting there. And I was able to tell her, because she was able to get me into this program, they covered the cost of the drug so that I could get it until I got my transplant. Oh, my gosh. And oh I put on a prom for her, and she became prom queen. Prom queen? Gertrude, <laughs> yes! And so I got pictures of her with a little prom queen. We want those know, pictures to post. We want to post those pictures on the Splash Podcast, Kelly. We want those pictures. Okay. Oh, my. Once again, <laughs> Kelly's <laughs> random act of kindness is a divine appointment that God brings intersects Gertrude back in her life mm -hmm. to yes. cover the cost. But, you know, that treatment to fly back and forth, uh, um, Barbara got involved with. I'm going to yes. brag about you a little, buddy, because there was – she put up a GoFundMe page, random yes. acts of kindness. If any of you want to go to it, it's still up. Go, go. No, it's a, a lungs, 
Lungs of Love. Lungs of Love. Yeah. GoFundMe page. Mm-hmm. And you set that up, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden, just donations. People were so kind. Oh, and it was so amazing. Yeah, it really was. And it's still up. I mean, you know, there's still so many bills. And so much yeah. medication. Had, How many yeah. medications are you still on, Kelly? I am on over 80 medications a day. <laughs> That's just, be- you know, you think. <laughs> She's laughing. Yeah. It's <laughs> and people are on the road listening to this, and you're whining, complaining, arguing. <laughs> you have a hangnail. Is anything okay? You need to shut up and re-listen to this again. Because Oh, my gosh. I am joyful at these 80 pills a day because I don't have to sit for hours a day hooked to a machine that gives me life. Okay, come on. Okay. <laughs> Kelly, Kelly. I mean, it, it reminds me of this verse in the Bible, and I don't remember where the reference is, but you guys will tell me. Look it up. It says, do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in this crooked and depraved generation so that you will shine like the stars in the universe. Mm-hmm. And I, that's you. you oh. just, no, Kelly, that's you. I mean, you're so giving an accurate picture of Christ, and it's so beautiful. And I can only imagine, I can only imagine when you hear Daniel 12, 3, those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. She is a bright star. God's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. You know, like, it's like this, in this world, the Bible says there's going to be trouble. But yes. be of good cheer, right? I've overcome the world. But people go, no, I, I'm not in good cheer. I wanted that house. I wanted that car. That guy broke up with me. This isn't going my yeah. way. I, I have to lose yeah. weight. I'm, I'm frustrated. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't get a boob job. You know. I mean, people are talking yeah. about things that don't matter. And no. here you are, loving. <sighs> For this, I, I choose joy. That's I mean, right. Just, I mean, even even the day to day stuff that she had to do within her home <laughs> to keep her yeah. house. Clean, and I mean sterile, yes. basically, and teaching yeah. her children how yes. to keep this home sterile. I mean, t- oh, share yeah. with us. <laughs> yeah, tell me a little bit, yeah, uh, about even from your kids' life. perspective. Yeah. Like, they, how do your they, kids um, handle this? They are such joys. Oh, my goodness, they're my heartbeats. I mean, they have taken this with such stride. I mean, our home doesn't look like a normal home. It, it used, it does now, but it never used to. I mm-hmm. mean, it was very common for them to see, to help me hook up my IVs. I mean, my little girl from the age to five has been doing the SASH method. She would inject me with saline, my antibiotic, my saline, and then heparin. I mean, she knows how to... Um, do basically anything a nurse can do. She wow. could give me shots. She can, I mean, and my, my little boy, I mean, both of them very hands-on with doing chores around the house and cleaning up and doing laundry since they were two years old and just taking, we, it's, it's, they say it takes a village to raise a, a child. It takes a family to hold up a person with CF. And I remember probably the hardest part of being away from them. I was in the hospital for 75 days, mm-hmm. altogether 75 days fighting for my life. And the and hardest they didn't part, know how sick you were. No, they didn't. We kept it from them because we didn't know if I would even be a candidate for a transplant. So we met with counselors, how to talk to them about it. How do we, how do we approach this? And I was so unaware of the journey that they were each going through on the opposite side of the hospital room, on the opposite side of those four walls. I remember, and I'll never forget, Scott coming into my room, and he didn't think that we would make it to the transplant. He thought that I would be gone, and he said, honey, 
It's okay if you have to leave us. I'm, we're going to be just fine. We'll miss you and we love you. But it's okay if you have to go. And everybody was, you know, how, how did you hold up and stuff? And I never felt more peace in all of my life than sitting in that hospital room. All I could, I, I didn't have air to talk because it takes air and breath to talk and to breathe at the same time. So I couldn't eat. I lost 25 pounds. If I had, I was 100 pounds when they transplanted me. If I had just one bowel movement and made it to 99 pounds, I would have been taken off that list. Everything had to be orchestrated by the hands of God for me That's to get right. this. And all I could think of, everyone's like, oh, are, are you anxious? Are you this? And all I could think of is what is the worst that could happen to me? I can wake up in the arms of Jesus or wake up to the ones that I love. I could wake up to another day with my family. Either way, I win. So what can harm me possibly if I'm with Jesus or I'm with my family? I know I can't lose either way. And Facebook and journaling this was my only outlet to the outside world. And, I, and to be able to tell Scott, if I have to go, it's okay. But then he had to turn around and share that God could perform miracles. But how do you explain to a 10-year-old, even if God chooses not to heal mama, God is still good. God hasn't changed. God is still faithful. Mm. So my husband had to go home every night after he worked a full day, come home and give devotionals to our children saying, God is still good. No matter if he takes your mother away or not, we will still praise him in the storm. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what he did. Yeah. And, and, and didn't they find out about how serious you were through uh, school? Yes. There's a little girl at their school that their mom's on the Facebook and following everything and approached Alexis and said, I heard your mom's going to die. And my little girl just thought I was in the hospital getting a tune-up. She didn't realize at that time. So she came home and she was really quiet. And she says, Daddy, why didn't you tell me that mom was dying? And he said, because every day she is living until God takes her away. Then she is dying. And until... God takes her away. God is using mommy. God has sent mommy on the mission field called the hospital. And God is using mommy mightily for his power and his glory so that others who may not hear about Jesus would see Jesus through mommy, even at her sickest. So God says, mommy is still living. She is not dying yet. You know, we don't do commercials or ads on this show, um, but I need all of you listeners to go to Lungs of Love and to the GoFundMe page and skip something to help this family that are raising warriors for Jesus, that are leaving an accurate picture of Christ. On day 105, there's something amazing that you wrote. You said, there's something amazing that happens when you get a second chance at life. An ordinary day becomes extraordinary. When we recognize God's grace in our life, that undeserved favor that you're that you're sharing right now, and choose to find the joy in every circumstance yes. that's happening, we create yes. ripples and splash that kind of God love and joy on people in ways yeah. we could never imagine. And you yeah. just did that for us this morning. Mm-hmm. I'm never speechless oh. on this show, Kelly. I can't I can't even talk. And I just want to thank you so much for just Oh my gosh, it's such an honor to be joining on your us show. and 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 her Facebook page is Kelly yes. Asbel A S B E L L. Okay, 
please, you want to read these days. And if you're having a day, listeners, go to this page right now. Just get to work wherever you're going and click on Kelly's page. She is the most inspirational. She's an angel. You wonder why the Bible (laughs) says you may be entertaining angels without knowing it. That's Kelly. And so (laughs) literally, when you click your donor box, go to her page and start literally being refreshed and replenished and and watch how your soul gets rehydrated with a joy that only God can give and is using Kelly. Mm. He's using her life and her marriage and her children to say he's not finished with any of us. Mm-hmm. He's not done with any of us today. Yeah. So two weeks ago, I um, called Gift of Hope, which is the organization that links donors up with people, the recipients who receive the organs. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't give me any information other than my donor was a girl in her 20s. It was very tragic. And whatever happened to her, she could have been a mom. She could have been a daughter. She, I mean, she a was a daughter. student. She could, yeah. Exactly. She could have been a wife. I don't, I don't know her circumstances. But I know in her last moments of life, she chose joy, Jesus, others than herself. And through that, over 50 people benefited. She saved 50 people's lives. I received her lungs. Somebody else received each of her kidneys. Another person received the cornea. So someone saw for the first time because they got her corneas. She donated her skin cells to science. So if you don't think you made a difference in this world, all you have to do is check that box off. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Kelly. Just You're thank so you. Our, I know our listeners are blessed. Everyone mm-hmm. in the studio today, we're just, oh. we're just, tears. They're, they're tears of joy though, I promise. And please remember to subscribe, check into our iTunes Google Play, Podbean, SoundCloud. Follow us on Instagram at the Splash Podcast. We love hearing from you. But make sure today that you splash joy. Yes. Thank you, Kelly. Thanks, Kelly. You're You're so welcome. Love you. Amazing. We love you. I love you both. You guys have a great day. You too. You too. Bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Thanks for joining us today. Come splash with us at shaleenbryan.com.